Welcome to the Fantasy NFL Show. I am your host, Adam Best, here as always with Sam Best and a new guest yeah. show. The BWE joins us, Ben Weller Evans. How are we going, boys? I'm very tired. Tired. I stayed up for the first half of Sunday Night Football and then it was like, no, probably should call it, call it bed here. I, uh, I I was knackered by the end of um, the very entertaining Chiefs game. So I went to bed before that. Oh, yes. Let's talk more about the Chiefs game. Oh, great game. Do I we, think. Do, do some... we have to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think the Browns the Browns could have won it, but the Browns, in my opinion, threw the game away. Yeah, they struggled towards the end, didn't they? A um, couple of fumbles and that. What is it? This is the Scottish punter, isn't it? Who? Gillian. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a bit of a nightmare, really, from them. But I guess they were. Both teams were missing one influential player each. So um, there you are. Tyrone Matthew for the Chiefs and um, Beckham for, for the Browns. But yeah, it was really well matched. Much, much better matched than I was anticipating for that game. Like the Browns could genuinely do some damage this year was scary for the first half yeah well i think it was scary for the whole thing and then they just sort of self-imploded yeah yeah it was a tricky game for us i think and you know we're coming up to the ravens again next week but anyway as we do every week we do the news seeing as we're going to do a pod every week about fantasy we might as well call it week one in review starting off let's talk about chandler jones Five backs. The Titans, who I have to say, who I thought were my favourite going in, everyone thought they would have a big improvement on this year and and really push on and be a proper contender in the AFC. And they start off with an absolute trouncing to the Cardinals. Yeah, Chandler Jones was just insane. Like he did get the five sacks. He got also got two forced fumbles. And I am going to talk about the first one in depth in a minute, but. He also they also helped. He was a large part of stopping Derek Henry, which is no mean feat. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just crazy. But yeah, the the first forced fumble. By the way, I had the Arizona Cardinals as my defense. Uh, so what a pickup! <laughs> I, I picked them up for JJ Watt, and it turns out that he was basically didn't do anything. Relevant. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm I so just for reference here for our listeners, I'm basically need a 30-point game from Darren Waller to win my matchup against Alex. So it's it's pretty much done. But we, the defense didn't get credited for the touchdown off that fumble. And it was a touchdown. They put them down at the one-yard line. Watch Honestly, watch the highlights. It's an absolute shambles. <laughs> I honestly think I'm like... I can't remember that, actually. Have a look at the highlights. They, you'll You'll watch it and you'll go... Oh, that's a touchdown. But they don't. They're putting down at the one-yard line. Bloody ridiculous. Nightmare. It is. Because that would make it, that would make it for me, I mean, they did get 16 points, so I can't complain too much, but that would make it for me a 24-point requirement from Darren Waller, which I think is definitely achievable. Oh, well. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> 
Yeah, Ch- yeah, Chandler Jones. Just no one could stop him at all. It's crazy. And it's not like he's just a pure like pass rusher. He he's played linebacker before. He can cover. He can he stop the run. He can do everything. But just a, what five Jamal Adams calls himself yeah. a defensive weapon. Yeah, and like what they said, what was it Simmons, who actually plays on the Cardinals with him? They said the same thing about him coming out of the draft. Just can play anywhere on the defense, and weren't about three of his five sacks in the first quarter as well. Yeah, like, it, was, it was like they just can just completely stopped any flow every single time. Mm-hmm. Titans got the ball. It was crazy. Couldn't deal with him, and it wasn't the only good defensive performance this week. We saw quite a few. Um, to mention one other, the Steelers, God, getting a will against those those Bills, another another Titan in the AFC this year, and, and they come up and and really just blow them out of the water. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, I'm happy the Bills lost as a Patriots fan, but <laughs> could I have seen it happening before the game? No shot. No, I would have said no chance. I don't I don't think the Steelers are that good. I think they've got, they've got TJ Watt, um, that that's kind of their entire team and yeah i didn't see this happening at all uh yeah it sort of came out it came out of nowhere i think it was a sort of a very low scoring sort of first half maybe even three quarters it was like 10 three and all of a sudden the steelers just yeah i don't know what happened ran away with it didn't they it was it was pretty nuts um because we did a little intro pod didn't we end of last week but yeah. we all said who our favourites were, and we all had something to say about the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And they'd just come out first week and lost to a team that, honestly, I still don't think, even after the performance, I still don't think that they're contenders. No. So, yeah. We'll have to see. It was a weird one. It just it just felt like they weren't quite ready for the season. And, you know, what would you would say a fairly standard Steelers team coped well with them all game long. Um, and Bills didn't really have an answer. Maybe yeah. too much pressure on Josh Allen. They, their running well, game didn't really get a whole lot going, even with what Moss and Singletary. You'd think they could get some sort of rushing yeah, well, attack going, but yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Moss. Moss was on that um, AI, AI. Oh yeah, he so, was, wasn't he? So he so that's, make, that's probably why they struggled. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, their rushing attack is not by any means their, you know. Their, their strength of getting down. No, you'd argue their quarterback is their best rusher. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, and they just didn't have those massive chunk plays that they had last year. I mean, Diggs obviously did what Diggs does and had a reasonably good game, but they just they didn't seem to have that spark that they had last year. It is. It's weird, isn't it? Because you have these standout players um, like Diggs or like Hopkins or whatever for, for most teams have them the one player and then when a team's playing well you're like oh they're so good and they always go to the and they, they've got this guy to fall back on when they're struggling and when a team's not doing well like the buffalo bills didn't it's like oh they've got to try and force it to Stefan Diggs. like they've got no one else they don't have any it, it's all about the support that these big players get and just Stefan Diggs was the only man the only man on the ball so yeah yeah and what a game we had with the Lions nearly coming back there. Um, it, it just, it felt like they were going to do it. 
Um, and then all just <laughs> ended in a bit of an anti-climax before. All just ended, four, didn't it? Four for nine or something. And, you know, just um, Jared Goff just chucking it away in the end. But oh, great for the Lions okay. to have at least some fighting. Yeah, don't yeah. get me started on Jared Goff, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was watching because I had DeAndre Swift in my team. Um, so I was watching the, the whole of the end of that. And it was really genuinely incredible because I was watching the game intermittently before sort of switching through games and um, they didn't look good. They, they looked like their offense, their defense looked fine. Their defense looked okay, but offensively they looked like they didn't, just didn't have any flow. And then it all came in the fourth quarter and they just looked like they weren't going to get stopped at all. TJ Hawkinson was just taking them down. DeAndre Swift was taking them. Like, it was just chunk plays, chunk after chunk play. It was crazy. It's worth mentioning as well that Jamal Adams was named the starting running back for Detroit. Um, Jamal before, Williams. Jamal Williams, sorry. <laughs> um, before not not getting anywhere near as many snaps, snaps as DeAndre Swift. So I don't know what that was about. but I think there was there's some wild allegations against Swift I think I think their coach Dan Campbell has come out and said they're basically not true but I think that was one reason why well he he did have a slight injury going into week one yes yeah because I was also following for Swift because he is in my dynasty team Right. So I was also following it a bit. I also have a bit of a soft spot for the Lions as an Oregon fan. Now they have Panay Saul. And I know you don't draft offensive linemen, but he handled Nick Bosa as well as I've ever seen a rookie lineman handle yeah. that good of a defensive end. Yeah. But okay. yeah, it's just when you've got Jared Goff at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we said, we said in our podcast, didn't we? We said before, uh, we talked about that trade a lot and we said, Look, the Rams have one hundred percent done a lot better there. And that yeah. Oh, yeah. stands. But yeah, DeAndre Swift was not named number one running back. They think um that he was maybe just being held back a bit because he had a bit of an injury going into the game. Uh, and then outplayed Jamal Williams anyway. So um as an owner of DeAndre Swift, I'm really not too worried. And if you've got DeAndre Swift, I I wouldn't be too worried either. But it's worth mentioning Jamal Williams. Um, eight receptions on the day. I mean, he's going to be used as their pass catching option out of the backfield, and he looks to be very productive in what will be a very run heavy offense. Yes, yeah. I think they're trying to reproduce a bit of um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt action there, with Nick Chubb being the DeAndre Swift and the, the guy that's just trying to power through and sort of find gaps, and then Kareem Hunt uh, slash Jamal Williams being that sort of pass catching option out the back. Yeah, I think it could work. I think they could they could get, you know, they're not going to, you know, wipe the floor with many teams and they're not going to get a massive, massive number of wins. But, you know, they can win some games doing that. Yeah, 100%. It's worth saying they're playing Green Bay next week, who are notoriously shite at stopping the run. So, it is um, also worth saying, I believe they've announced today, Okuda, their corner, is out for the season. For the season. So that is, uh, he didn't have a great year last year as no, a rookie, but he was picked as high as he was because he has talent and he was probably still their number one corner coming into the, into the year. And if you lose a corner against green Bay, I know green Bay didn't play well, but you've got Devonte Adams yeah. to try and try and cover now, which I don't think a, a number two corner is going to 
really yeah. be thrilled about that. Could be an interesting game that Lions against Green. Yeah, Bay, I think it will. I think mm. it will. For me though, as a Swift owner, and for all the all of our listeners that do have Swift in their teams, I'm keeping him in. Um, I think that it was just a bit of a. F- I mean, he's still got 24 and a half points. Like, <laughs> yeah. still a good week. Um, but don't be too worried. I think he's. I think he is still the number one running back in that system. So don't. Yeah, don't I think he's got to be. Definitely. Okay. Good stuff. So, the first pod of the 2021 season. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we've got a lot of things to get through, a lot of new content. We're going to be trying covering a similar structure each week. And we start off with our first impressions from week one. Ben, what did, what did you think of the week? Uh, I mean, first of all, I was just happy happy the NFL was back. I mean, having, oh, yes. having Red Zone on for the most of the day and then sort of swapped to just watching the Patriots game when that was on. Um, yeah, some some really big surprises the yeah, Texans definitely. come to mind um, I don't think the Jaguars are going to be that good but I thought the Texans were going to be that bad um, yeah the, I, I think it would have been fair to suggest that the um, Texans were going to be absolutely dreadful this year yeah but then there's also some teams that are as good as advertised as we mentioned about the, the Chiefs and the Browns both teams no matter which way the result goes, I think both teams come out of it looking like maybe the two best teams in the AFC. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, some, some in, in terms of fantasy, not even just for my team, but a fair few for my team, some big letdowns. Um, <laughs> I'm not pointing any fingers at Brandon Ayuk and Kyle Pitts. Um, and some really good performances from, not maybe not maybe like complete unknowns, but fair few that would be available in most leagues. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we'll go for our waiver waiver wicks waiver picks a little bit later on. The main thing for me was was just how you know a lot of the risk players that you were thinking could go either way did really really well, and a couple of the secure players that you're thinking in fantasy can get you points every week absolutely flopped. I mean Henry. Derek Henry. I mean, to say that a running back only getting 10 points as a flop is a little bit extreme, but, you know, we're talking about King Henry here. And yeah. 17 attempts, but only 58 yards. But interestingly, and I think this, you know, does turn towards not, you know, let's not worry too much this early on about someone like Derek Henry. He did get three receptions, which is a lot more than he did last year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But do you think that was because they were just really trying to force something and get it to your main man? I well, think, possibly. I mean, they've got a change in offensive coordinator there as well, haven't they? Arthur Smith's yeah. gone to the Falcons. So I don't know whether that change has made an impact. I do think he'll still be productive this year, but a big letdown on anymore. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him be contained that easily. Like, he's probably had worse rushing yard games, but not off that many attempts. Yeah. It, it's worth mentioning, to be fair, he's always been better in the latter half of the season than the beginning half. But yep. still, still not good. <laughs> not good for someone who's probably top top five minimum in every league. Top yeah. five pick. Yeah, and probably top three. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And one other guy that I was hugely disappointed by, thankfully, he's not on my team. And I was all, you know, for the first couple of months leading up to the draft, I was always going to pick him at five. And I'm glad I didn't because Saquon Barkley was an absolute miss this week. <sighs> yeah, he's on my team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said, I think I had the eighth or ninth out of ten pick in our draft. And I said at the beginning, if he falls, I think I've got to take him because... I, it, it sounds crazy oh, even after the injury sounds crazy that you'd maybe pass on Barkley at 8 yeah. or 9 yeah you had to but like a steal I, at the time. yeah luckily I say luckily the person I put in front of him only got about an extra point but I did put him on the bench because of they specifically said he'd be used sparingly I was a bit worried that even if maybe it was the old Saquon that are you a spe- use sparingly Saquon could still get five rushes, but break one of them off for about 40 yards and yeah. you've all of a sudden got a good, good score. But no, I'm, I'm glad I benched him. I'm a bit torn as to what to do next week. Cause even used sparingly, you'd think he would have done better than he did. Oh yeah. Is he going next week? Oh, I did have that and I'll check I'll it now. I mean, he only got one reception. That was the thing that shocked me. I mean, it's someone who's so productive um, out of the backfield, passing, uh, catching the ball. Um, you know, he's he's only got 10 attempts, which is, you know, probably as described, sparingly used. But to only have one reception all game is just not I the think, production you expect. Did that reception go for my negative yards, maybe? Oh, three yards. Went for three yards. But yeah, even with Barkley carrying it 10 times, tw- 2.6 average yards. It's, yeah. You'd, yeah, you'd get number three running backs that would do better than that. That's just not. He's, he's playing Thursday night football against Washington. Leave him on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I think so. One of the best defensive lines in the league. Yeah. yeah. Them in Miami, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we had some standout performances as well. I know you're so big on Jalen Hurts, Sam, and, and once you were right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he was pretty immense, wasn't he? It also looks really good, promising for Devonta Smith as well. Like everyone was saying, his yeah. talent is unreal. You can't argue against that talent, but can will he do it in the NFL? Well, he's done it for one game. Um, Hurts clearly likes him. And he's actually come out publicly said after the game, this is a blomacy. Blossoming, blossoming relationship that is only going to improve this season. So I, I feel like I've got a steal with Devontae Smith in the, in the draft, and um, I think that could be exciting. It could just turn to crap, couldn't it? Because it's, you know they they just find a new favourite wide receiver and then he's gone. But <laughs> I, I would also like to say, as a Seahawks fan, I'm going to just have one minute here. Oh, for God's they, sake! They were they were pretty impressive, to be fair. They were, they were only playing the Colts and it Colts would have been thing. very, very disappointing. Yeah, but yeah, Col- Colts, but they've got a defense. I was more disappointed in the Colts than I was impressed by the Seahawks. I yeah. think. Let's, let's plug that. Let's take that angle. The Seahawks are still bad. <laughs> the Colts were just worse. I also have the pretty unpopular opinion that Tyler Lockett is by far the best receiver for the Seahawks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, it, part, it, it, that is I, unpopular, but I completely agree with with that over a season. But like, 
as just being individually good in moments like DK Metcalf is like one of the best in the league in, in moments. Oh yeah. He, 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 uh, you could be losing by about 30 points or seven, you'll get two 90 yard touchdowns and you go, well, um, well, that, well, that's what got me with the Seahawks was just the, the Russell, Russell isn't dead in the water. He did throw four dimes to get four TDs. He's, yeah, he's he not, he's not dead yet. <laughs> he did. I mean, I, I was on, um, I was on the sky train cause obviously I was watching the bills cause the, the missus is a big bills fan, but, and I, obviously they do, you know, they show you all the big plays and, after saying all off season that I think Russell Wilson is going to flop, I saw that absolutely beautiful rainbow to tie a lock in. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. Fuck. And then he did it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, look, I think longevity is the key with the Seahawks. And I think Sam, you'll even be the first one to admit that this is not, you know, despite last year, the first four games, everyone was chanting MVP for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Every year, first six games, everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. Russell Wilson's going to get the MVP. And then he, then he goes under a rock or something. <laughs> you just you just don't know. Someone else impressed me, Baker Mayfield. I think Baker could be a really good pickup this week. And I was talking to Alex about this, who unfortunately isn't with us. But he's picked up um, Tannehill, who obviously completely flopped. And I think my advice for players who have got one of those low-end QBs and you're not maybe sure about, someone like a Tannehill, maybe a Brady, although he did very well the first week and he might continue to do well. Um, bring in Mayfield to your bench. See how he or goes. I mean, he, Bloody he, Justin Herbert. Yeah. Oh, I love that man. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Baker Mayfield, he looked very impressive and I was shocked watching us, you know, watching him throw successfully against the Chiefs again and again, which is not what you expect to see from the Browns. I mean, he threw for 320 yards, which is very, very unlike a Browns offense. And I think they'll be looking to yeah. do it more next year. He, you know, he disappointed, you know, a couple of sacks against him and he threw an interception as well. But he looked strong, very, very strong in week one against a very tough Chiefs team. Yeah, I think the narrative would be completely different if just that interception near the end of the game. I think everyone yeah. would be saying, oh, he's probably AFC play, offensive player of the week, maybe like three. Yeah. When if they win just, that game, if they yeah, win that game, like, I mean, God. He, he looked good. He looked good. Landry looked good which is always one of those things. Well, if Landry's playing well, then they often have a chance because he can beat you deep. He can play, he can go on the slant. Yeah. Get, he can rush it on jet sweeps. He can do everything. It's worth yeah. mentioning all this happened without his top wide receiver as well. OBJ was out. So yeah. it is, it was genuinely really impressive performance from Mayfield. And right. I don't, I like Mayfield as a person. I think he's funny. Some of the stuff he comes out with, but <laughs> I don't, I didn't always respect him as a top end quarterback. Um, it's one of these players. It's one of these players that gets loads of hype out in America, and you just sort of sat here, like going, "Oh, I've not really seen that." In moments, maybe, but in that game, he just managed it really well. I thought, yeah. make or break year for Mayfield this year, and so far he's making it. Yeah, definitely. Yep. We're going to try and go through three segments each week, and they're going to be assigned to uh, and assigned to one of us each week, so that we've got a little bit of an opportunity to rant. Um, I'm first up with the letdown of the week this week and I've gone for Zeke Elliott because I think a lot of people thought much more of the Cowboys this year and they thought, oh, you know, they'll actually be all right. Dak will be back and they'll start being, you know, the Cowboys of a couple of years ago and Zeke, everyone thought would be part of that. But we saw from week one 
I mean, 33 yards from 11 attempts and only two receptions for three yards each. It's it's not convincing. And it looks very much like he's going to do exactly how he did last year and just be a not particularly productive RB1. And I think that's very, very disappointing to fancy owners who were expecting a reprieve from Zeke this year. I think we'll have a lot of people let down by him this week. Yeah, the, the, it was just not very good. There aren't many of these top <laughs> running backs that have done well. Chrissy McCaffrey did really well, 27 points with, without a touchdown, which basically just, is just him back. Yeah, He's, Chubb, yeah. Chubb's the other one. And then Dalvin Cook had a decent game. Yeah, decent. Nothing special, I don't think. But yeah. it's, you wouldn't say it was a disappointing week. Christian McCaffrey's just nuts. At one point in the third quarter, Christian McCaffrey had three more yards than the combined Carolina Panthers. So that's not three more yards than everyone else. That's three more yards than him and everyone else. So everyone else got negative and he got, so that's just, that's just crazy. Um, and he's just one of these players that he, I mean, he scored 27.7 points and didn't get a touchdown. So his ceiling is not existing. But yeah, Zeke was just again just in that in that sort of Barkley Henry era where yeah. you're just like mm. it's just disappointed. Although Zeke I'm more worried about because I think that's a long term problem. I yeah. can't see Barkley yeah. being a problem all season. I think I it's just you know, it's it's the nightmare from last year and people are gonna be worried about him this year after that first performance because it just reminds you of last year. He got you know, he got eleven attempts, which is not many, but it's enough to be productive when you've got the quality that Zeke should have and he's just not there. And, you know, you question whether he's physically and mentally there and whether he's ever going to get back to what he used to be able to do. And God, I mean, if people can maybe get good value for him in trades, I I wouldn't be against that at all. No, if you can get a a definite RB one for Zeke at this point, because I mean, they just, I think he's no longer, the guy on offense it's Dak it's Amari Cooper it's CD Lamb yeah he's not the guy there anymore he's someone to tie up an end isn't he he's someone to tie yeah. up that running back end and even job. they throw in is it Pollard their backup running back yeah, yeah. yeah. he almost he's... looks more productive yeah yeah that's true yeah good stuff good stuff so <laughs> the thing that everyone does, all the fantasy podcasts, and what a lot of you will be listening for is the waivers for this week. Who have you got this week, boys? Who are we going for? Who are we going to go and pick up and start? I like the look particularly of Christian Kirk. Um, it's just was very good. Uh, he's going to be on most people's waivers because he is like a receiver behind D-Hop. So um, he's going to be available in quite a few waivers I'll check how many leagues he's available in um, but I think he was just really impressive not not just good points wise but if you watch his highlights he was genuinely impressive as well so he's my waiver pickup yeah, yeah. Love it. I those number two receivers when you've got a star like DeAndre Hopkins mm. they're not going to get double teamed then so they they beat one guy and you've got a quarterback like Kyler who, well, he played incredibly. Then, if you get a bit of separation on us on a just a single coverage, then you're going to be a good pick. Sorry, it's worth mentioning that he did only get targeted five times, but he did catch every single one of them. 
uh, 70 yards and a touchdown. But that does surprise me. I just looked at his stats and I thought he propped up all over the time, but only five times apparently. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of these second receivers, um, again, to a superstar like D-Hop. I think a lot of people were wary of him. He he did okay at the end of last year and he's always one of these ones hovering around the waivers. Um, People were wary of him again this year because obviously they brought in AJ Green, but AJ Green had nothing to say in this week. Um, and I think Christian Kirk, it really is going to stand out as, as the wide receiver too um, in Arizona, who look like they're going to be able to throw the ball and really hurt people that way. Yeah, he is going to be good. He's available in um, 97.4% of leagues as well, by the way. So yeah, some Go serious. Get Go get him, unless you are sat with uh, Will Fuller who suspended a Michael Thomas on your bench and I've already committed so they're staying on the bench <laughs> <laughs> who you got Ben? Uh, I've got Jalen Waddle as I, said, I watched watched the Patriots Dolphins game you think even without Gilmore the Patriots secondary is pretty good JC Jackson second interceptions last year um, Jonathan Jones as well um, adding Jalen Mills, Devin McCourty, good secondary. And yeah, the rookie receiver looked good. A lot just with separation and with speed. Had a couple high balls, pretty physical. Yeah, just, just impressed with him. I'm less, a little bit less, I would say, Kirk is a better pick because they've got Kyler Murray. Still not overly convinced with Tua. But when I don't think they've got other than Devontae Parker, that's kind of all they've got when it comes to receivers. And I think it won't be long till Waddle is the standout number one guy in Miami. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's only as strong as Tua gets. And if Tua does what he can do, then that could be a really, really good option. And Tua has looked good in preseason and, and in the week game. one as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Jalen Waddle could have a Justin Jefferson year. You know, you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't be surprised if that happened, and especially week one, you're looking at getting people who can be really high upside. You know, people like James Robinson last year picked up waivers week one, stuff like that. You want to be picking out these players week one that can be really really valuable to your team, and Jalen Waddle could do that. There aren't a whole load of running backs in that in that sort of last no. year. Two or three no. running backs that were just surprise packages, like James Robinson, that weren't drafted weren't played in pre because they didn't have a preseason and then just turned out to be the number one running back sort of out of nowhere. No one drafted him at all. I have got one for you. Go on. I've got I've got a streaky running back pick that you can get off the waivers that I think getting Levy on Bell isn't a bad choice. Oh yeah. He's already picked I, up obviously but. they've picked up they, well Devontae Freeman, there was one more as well who they picked up off the free agency. I can't remember. Anyway, they got they got Devonta Freeman. Um, they've got the Williams guy, who I think is probably going to be irrelevant in a couple of weeks. But I think Lev Bell, they could. He's the closest guy on that team who could be a lead back, and he's in Baltimore. So if you're looking for that high upside, I've got him in my team, and he's stuck on my bench. He could well start taking over that backfield. I mean, he's a knobhead, but you know he might well do all right. Um, so I think you know when you're looking for that high upside in week one. You look, you know, for the chance to have an RB one in Baltimore, surely you got to take that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of Le'Veon Bell, but as you said, if you're RB one in Baltimore, you you're gonna get yards. 
it's just yeah. the way they play. You could yeah. stick any any running back in the league in that slot, and they'll look pretty impressive. So I don't think if he's available on the waivers, I think you definitely get him. Take a risk. Take a risk on him. And there's a couple yeah. more guys I want to I want a cheeky cheeky mention to. If you want a slightly wacky pick on the waivers, Juwan Johnson, tight end for the Saints, and Anthony Schwartz, when we mentioned Cleveland earlier, he looked good at wide receiver for Cleveland against the Chiefs as well. Juwan Johnson, I think we're looking constantly. We're surveying who's going to take over this, who's going to get all the receptions in New Orleans. You know, you've got Jameis Winston, who looked good. He looked decent, and he's going to chuck a lot of yards downfield. So who's he going to throw to? And Javon Johnson was used a lot in the red zone. He picked up two TDs. He could be targeted a lot. He's a good receiving tight end, and if you're looking at tight ends to play, maybe pick a matchup there, and you could do okay. Um, and as we spoke of earlier, you know we think Mayfield's going to throw the ball a bit more, and Anthony Schwartz looked good. Yeah, I just think that that Browns offense is looking so tidy. Yeah. At the minute, so Schwartz could yeah. be, could be I, I, a good pick. I like the Jawan Johnson, again, former Oregon, so watched a watched a fair amount of him. And yeah, especially in college, he was he was huge. Like he was just massive for a tight end and he can move. And as you said, Jameis is not gonna be scared to throw it high, throw it long. Yeah. You've got you got a big tight end with good hands. He, he, he's going to do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, James, James looked decent actually. I mean, he's he when he last played a full season, he was thirty TDs and thirty interceptions. He starts off with five TDs and no interceptions. What about? I know. Next game it'll be five interceptions, no TDs. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. It, he he was he was um, definitely the bloke to um, implode. He when he was playing well, he was playing well. And when he threw one interception, all of a sudden he was throwing pick sixes all over the shop. Um, yeah. The last full season he played. So I would, before going big on Jameis Winston, I would wait until he throws a pick and see how he reacts. Wait until he throws a pick. And then get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as soon as he throws a pick, if he then goes back and checks another TD after that without throwing any more picks, pick him up. Until then... It's just if it's just sat there throwing TDs, you don't want a mini team anyway, do you? So what's the point? <laughs> so matchups are always a key part of picking who you're going to play, um, and it is the job of the BWE to give us the best matchups of the week this week. Oh right, I couldn't narrow it down to one. There is two that I just think I like. I like them too much. So I've got the Cardinals against the Vikings. And the Cardinals' offense looked looked scary good, and I don't think their defense looked much better, much worse than that either. Their defense was was incredible. James. And Chandler Jones, JJ Watt, Buda Baker. It's just it's it's a stacked team on offense and defense, and the Vikings are pretty much the opposite. Um, they've got. Uh, below average quarterback I'd say and then two two good receivers their defenses again I think they've got a couple decent linemen and that that's essentially as far as it goes I think just looking at how good the Cardinals looked and how bad the Vikings looked 
I'd I'd pick if you've got any cardinal. As I said we mentioned Christian Kirk earlier. If you get if you pick up Christian Kirk, I'd throw him. I'd throw him in immediately. Yeah, he could be good this week. Could yeah. be really good. And Kyle Murray looked on form as well. Who else yeah. you got? Uh, I've also got the Buccaneers against the Falcons. So I was taking a taking a good good look at the Bucks because it was the only game on at the time and Tom Brady. And yeah, they look they look really good. Um, they were always going to as they returned every single one of their starters from a Super Bowl win. And somehow Brady looks like he could actually still be improving, which is I hate a ter- terrifying thought. I hate it. So. <laughs> and then again, I was also paying a decent amount of attention to Falcons as I had Kyle Pitts in our mm-hmm. regular fancy uh, I wish I didn't have Kyle Pitts anymore. Um, oh, I, mean, right. I, was, I know I, I, it's one week, but it was, it wasn't Kyle Pitts. I was worried about it's Matt Ryan. Matt yeah. Ryan was awful. He was trying to throw to Ridley. He was trying to throw to Pitts. Yeah, he tried to force it to Ridley. Other than that, there was nothing. He had nothing to, to throw to. And even then he was missing them, throwing them when they weren't open just bad and I don't think their defense looked any better than that either um, alright can I, you help me out then here Ben right I have got Leonard Fournette on my bench for this week and I'm intending okay. to play him against the Falcons because he was the lead back yes um, and he, he was catching out the backfield I think he would still yeah you'd still pick him over Rojo I believe so he only got 10 points this week, but that was because they were flying on and they were having to throw the ball. That's the other thing. And the Cowboys looked better than I thought they would. Mike yeah, Parsons is a menace. Yeah, and they were having to throw the ball. So the ball was on the ground a lot less. I mean, there was only 13 rushes in the whole game for on, yeah. on the Bucks side. So um, I'm, I'm putting him in and thinking that his floor is 15, 16 points this week. If he's yeah, I'd be surprised. If, if they get to the goal line, you, you give it to Fournette. I mean, yeah. you're either looking at a QB sneak from Brady or you're giving it to your power back, and that's Fournette. And I don't see them being starved of red zone time against this Falcons defense. You've got so, to avoid a pile on on the 40-odd-year-old Tom Brady, surely, with the quarterback sneaks at some point. <laughs> I don't know. Let's it's, try, and, let's try it, and stop. It's guaranteed that if you're on, like, so it's like inches or, like, one yard, it, I I've very rarely seen him not make it, no matter how old he's got. Yeah. He's going to be or, 75 they, being brought in just for quarterback sneaks. And I wouldn't be mad at it. <laughs> Plus, I've, I don't know if you noticed during that sometimes when they're at the goal line, they're throwing Vita Vea on offense as like a fullback. What? And I'm yeah. sorry, but if you That's have Vita Vea as a fullback with four net running behind him, you're not stopping it. I don't care That's who's wild. got defense. But yeah. yeah. It's so I, you think you can get excited about Fournette that this week then? I think so. Yeah. Cool. I was starting. Yeah. I also like, you know, but Bucks against Falcons is is a clear one of the one of the best matchups to target this week. The way the Bucks looked and the way the Falcons looked, you know, polar opposites. I think any Bucks receiver, there's you know, you've got A B, you've got Godwin, you've got Evans. One of them will only get, you know, single figures. But the other yeah. two will get well over 15 points. And I think you just have to take that risk and play. I mean, I've got Mike Evans 
um, in the Dynasty League, and I'm I'm just chucking him in at flex. He only got five points last week, but it's Mike Evans. He's against the Falcons. One of them will miss out, but two of them will hit, and you've just got to you know play him and hope. I think. And that's the thing with with the Bucks team, which is what scares me about putting Fournette in. Is it can just change week to week. Yeah, like Ronald Jones could be the the lead back this week, and I wouldn't even be that surprised. Yeah, I'd be pissed yeah. off, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Right. Anyway, talking of starting and benching players, I'm going to fire some players at you both. I want you to answer as quickly as you can. Start or bench them. Debo Samuel versus the Eagles. What are you doing? Start. 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 Yeah, love it. Easy start. Leviska Chenault versus the Broncos. Bench. Start. Ooh. Why are you benching him, Sam? Um, just not got the same ability. For me, he's a wide receiver three and. Uh, most people's leagues if that and I don't think he's really got the ability um, and the Broncos have looked quite good they look in control of the ball that's the thing they they starve they starve their opponent of the ball a little bit um, who do they play but yeah uh, I, I, that's why I just don't think he's going to get many points to be honest <laughs> Ben why are you starting him I think Lawrence trusts him I think after Lawrence has thrown three interceptions I don't think any of them were targeting Chenault. Um, I think Chenault got 10 odd points, even though he didn't seem to do a lot, but they use him all over the offense. They'll run it. They'll rush it with him. They'll give him the screen passes. They'll try and get him deep. He's just a utility player on offense and the Broncos. I'm not too high on their defense, especially I think they've got a couple players in Chubb and Miller. Other than that, I think there's success to be found. And I think when a rookie quarterback throws three interceptions, you go to comfort. It'll be screen passes. It'll be short slants. And that's where I think Chenault thrives. Yeah, good out the backfield as well. Carl Pitts versus yeah. the Bucks. Start. Bench. <laughs> Start. You're starting Carl Pitts, Sam? Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm not because I've got Darren Waller. But <laughs> <laughs> and I have Kyle Pitts, and I'm definitely benching him. For who? For who then? Who are you bringing in? Jonu Smith uh-huh. looked good for the Patriots. Him and Henry shared equal amount. I think between our tight ends, I think they nearly caught as many passes as our tight ends did in the entirety of last season in one game. Nice. Which yeah, is yeah. it's it's absurd on both what levels really, but. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. It I as until I see, I picked him quite highly because I was like, well, you don't get points for being a blocking tight end on fantasy, and he's not going to be used as a blocking tight end pre- predominantly. But until I see Matt Ryan play better, I think he's going to be on the bench. Fair play. Aaron Rodgers uh, versus the Lions. Start. Start. Really, I I would. Like, he can't. He can't Lions, do it Lions two weeks in a row. And then they've got Devontae Adams with not with not a good cornerback. So no, Rogers Rogers <laughs> will not have the same week he had again. My my only thing is if he doesn't do well against the Lions, I start him against the Lions. If he doesn't do well, trade him, get rid of him because uh, yeah. love, love, love will come in. Love, but love I mean, if it, he has two back games. The and I think they'll throw in. love in. Oof. Well, they did, they did. And the last well, game, yeah, but that game they, was gone. by twenty. Yeah. In like with a couple of minutes left, so I, I think, think I think if they if they start losing by 
15-20 in the second half this game, Jordan Love could see a lot of the ball and he wasn't he wasn't bad either. So if he's if he's productive and I um, think there's a, isn't, yeah, you, I think there's a world where Rogers will get 30, 40 points. I think the most of the time he'll get between 10 and 20. I don't see him having another absolute horror show against a team like the Lions. But yeah, no, I, I said start. He's, I think he's going to be looking. Yeah, I, I would say start. I'd be surprised if he got less than 15 to 20 points against a team that are okay on defense without their number one corner. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's this conspiracy that Rogers um, could be absolutely tanking the season for the for the Packers, <laughs> which I think is bizarre. <laughs> but I think you know, you think about it, and they basically know the Packers now that Rogers is not going to be there next year, and he's made it blatantly obvious he doesn't want to be there next year. So for the Packers, surely you throw in Jordan Love as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. but do you then risk? But not this early. Rogers, I, like, I'm saying start, not this early. Yeah, I'm just thinking, do you then risk Rogers's? trade capital if they if other teams go well you're not playing him so you're not i'm not going to give you two first rounders if we're a backup quarterback that's ridiculous well that's well that's my inner fantasy um aspect that's why i'm starting him that's why i'm trading him after this if he doesn't do well because all of a sudden you've got two two games he's not done well jordan loves come in for him um you're gonna you're gonna lose massive trade capital if he has a third game bad yeah, I think you could get, if he does have a bad game, you could trade him for, maybe if someone's picked up Mayfield, but only intends on having him on the bench, you could trade him for a Mayfield. Yeah, or maybe a Justin that Fields, if Justin Fields Jesus. plays, starts the oh my God. Imagine trading Rodgers in week two for a Mayfield or a Justin Fields. And then it would be a crazy that. world, but... God. Mental. Right, last one. Um, bit of a double barrel one for you. Any running back for the Baltimore Ravens versus the Chiefs, and which one? Bench. All of them. <laughs> Easy. I'd also say bench. If I had to pick one, it would be Bell, but I'd say bench. Yeah, the, yeah, the, Chiefs, yeah. the Chiefs defensive line is elite. The, the thing is, Chiefs defensive line is very good. Also, you've got Lev Bell, Devontae Freeman, Lat Murray, Tyson Williams. So that's four. And you've yeah, got to guess which one's going to be running back one. That's yeah. just too risky. It's tricky. I think yeah. there's a world where it's, it could be Latavius Murray. Yeah. And there's a world that it yeah. could be Devonta Freeman. There's also yeah. a world that it could be Tyson Williams because he's been there the longest. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? It's a mystery. Yeah. Benchmore. Yeah. Sod it. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this segment every week. I think it could be really, really interesting, particularly when you put Sam in charge. So, Sam, <laughs> who is your rogue pick for the week? All right, my rogue pick for the week 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 is Elia Mitchell, the running back for San Francisco. Rogue. It's pretty rogue, isn't it? He's rusted in 0.3% of leagues. Um, <laughs> Excellent. So you have Mostert going down early in the last game. Mostert is still their lead running back, so you need to keep an eye on Mostert if, if you're going for this rogue pick. I thought I'd go really rogue. I thought we'd open it up with a really rogue pick. Um the reason Elijah Mitchell got so much action was because most got injured, obviously first quarter. Can't remember, I don't remember how early it was, but it was early. And Jamaica, Jermichael hasty was a scratch from the start. So he wasn't getting any time. 
Um, and Trey Sermon was basically a backup to Elijah Mitchell then. Um, so Elijah Mitchell has come in and really produced like hundred yard game and a touchdown. So he's really done a, done a serious job there. Yeah. Um, so if Raheem Most- Mostert is still injured, I really see no reason why you're not starting, why they're not starting Eli Mitchell against Philadelphia. And it's yeah. Philadelphia as well. Point. And, you know, 49ers tend to be very volatile with, with their running backs. And I think you'll, you know, if you pick him up and whack him in and take a wild risk on him, he'll either get 0.2 points or he'll get 16. Yeah, that's the thing. You pick him up off the waivers now. If this is what you're going to do, because I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it as an option, because um, it is rogue. You pick him up off the waivers now and you wait for a game time. Dis- this is if you've got Raheem Mostert is the best plan or another running back that isn't great at the same time slot. And you wait for the inactives. And if most is inactive, you chuck Eli Mitchell in. I think he's a good 16, 17 points and maybe even 20 plus. Wow. Um, I'm definitely looking at him on those waivers because I actually have Trey Sermon, who I thought would be the number two running back at San Fran. And he was, he was inactive, a healthy scratch. Yeah, I think Hasty was used sparingly and then got no, Sermon was inactive. And I mean, I'm looking at my waivers because I could essentially swap what I thought would be the number two running back in San Francisco for what looks like it will actually be the number two running back in San Francisco. So, yeah, long term, he's not an excellent pick because no. it's going to be back. But as a rogue pick for this week, he could be excellent. Yeah, and I would throw him in this week with Barkley being up in the air at the moment. Because I threw in Javante Williams instead of Barkley. Good. Who did get more did get more points, but by about one and a half. <laughs> but if I'm still gonna keep Barkley on the bench until almost breaks out or they go right he's completely clear of his injuries he's the number one back someone like Eli Mitchell for what will probably be two to three more weeks with Barkley if Mostert is out for two to three more weeks it seems like a good pick and that's the if you need to keep if, yes. if you're going for Eli Mitchell as your rogue pick of the week um, you need to keep eyes keep tabs you have to have a contingency plan almost like yeah, you can't absolutely. go right. He's my RB two. You can't. For me, for me, he's on the bench. Yeah. And as soon as Mostert is inactive, you then start looking to fit him in. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. Right. That that rounds us off for the week. Nice and concise pod, boys. We've I've enjoyed having it on. I think this is going to be going to be a good season. I'm looking forward to doing this every week. I think we've got some good content, um, and hopefully the viewers enjoy it, and we we get those numbers up. Yeah. Uh, remember to pass the pod. Anyone who's listening, if you enjoy it, um, let your friends know. Let, it, let the people in your league know, and you can all fight over the same waiver wire picks that we suggest every week. Yeah, which we'll be doing now if we discuss yeah. our, our waiver wire <laughs> picks to each other. Um, yeah. Awesome. Anyway, thanks, boys. Cheers. Thank you. All right. And remember, the Texans aren't as bad as we think they are. See you next week. 